Today's episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. When it's time to get a new set of windows or a new door, you got to go with Pella. Why? Because they can provide window and door solutions to any home, and the people are great. Clint, Steve, Vince, Brian, the whole gang, everybody there is fantastic. And you know what? You're going to be working with only Pella the entire time. Do you realize that when you go with some other window companies, all of a sudden questions pop up like, who's going to install it? Who's going to pre-finish it? Before you know it, you work with like four or five different people. Ugh. You want the convenience and simplicity. I'm working with one company, not three or four. That's Pella. Check them out on the web, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. All right, on the pod today, it is a wine pod with one Bo Robert Rude. We sat down, we smashed a bottle of wine, and we talked about Nebraska football, spring football, and everything that's going on with the coronavirus and how it's impacting the program. There's certainly a lot of things to discuss and assess and digest in the moment, but also with, with the understanding that like things are changing seemingly week by week with everything that's going on. But we wanted to really hammer in on a football conversation with this stuff. So let's get to it, man. Here is Wine Pod, Bo Rude, Nebraska football. It was a blast. Enjoy. All right, it is a uh, it is a wine podcast with one Bo Robert Rude. We have cheated the wine pod a little bit in the sense that we have already taken a couple of Mississippi's of our wine. How are you, sir? We have I, I've not seen you since our last wine pod. We have really been social distancing and we have stayed away from each other. How are things? Are you good? Uh, things are very good. Yeah, no, we we did cheat. We are about a half a bottle down. But that usually makes for better conversation. See, that's to start. the thing. Have you noticed that you kind of wish you were? You can. When I listen back to our wine podcast, you can see at the start we're like, "Well, the Pythagorean theorem, as you say, is one in which you can use it if you please." And then at the end, we're like, "If you think that you gotta come back with me, you're crazy." Like you can see it. It's a yeah. It progresses yes. pretty steadily, but it's like. Um, it's like the virus. We're trying to flatten the curve on this one by starting early, by drinking early. Right, so we don't get quite a spike. Yes, we spike too we much. Stay relatively. We're going to flatten the curve on our drinking tonight, so that it's a we can handle it. Right. The pod will be able to handle the uh, the damage we're about to do. I like these. that Anthony Fauci would would be very happy with us. Air cheers. Cheers. Ding. There we go. That's my makeshift thing there. My first question I have for you: two things before we get into some football. How many times a day, and I think you're probably the one guy that doesn't, because you're just mentally tougher than everyone else. How many times a day do you think you have coronavirus? Like, do you get that feel, like, you're like, going, <clears throat> and you're like, uh-oh. Uh, I've had it once in the whole, during the whole time. One time I was like, oh, I feel a little sluggish today. And I <laughs> thought, is it the virus? But other than that, I, I, I have not thought that at all. Really? Yep. God, you, you know, I just, in another life, you were built to be like, a Navy SEAL, some sort of like, not a Navy SEAL, but like you have, I got I this. Like I can, dis- get, I can be disciplined. Yes. You see and me. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Heavens. No. How many times have I thought I had it today? Twice. But like, what do you I've, mean? Like, like when you don't feel any moment, I, you know, just, you, you, I mean those, listen, your brain's a crazy place. Yeah. And you know, a moment where maybe you get like a tickle in your throat. A moment where, you know, you, you feel like, oh, I, got, I mean, I've got to go blow my nose or something like that. Or, 
you're like, oh, I feel hot. And you don't realize like all you have to do is like go outside or take <laughs> off your sweatshirt. You know what I mean? I like, mean, Nick, these are, these are, uh, Bo, uh, I, I just don't, want you to know I that there are more people like me than you, all right? <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. I don't understand this. You don't no. understand this? I I, I told I Kim this is how I was going to open the pod, and she liked it. She was like, that's a good way to start it. So Kim liked it. Kim I just don't. It. I don't understand. You're not a hypochondriac. Yeah, you know, if you, you you're, haven't. You're not built like that. Okay, so if you go ride the subway in New York every day, yeah, right? I guess and you come yeah. home, and I, you go, do I got coronavirus? Right. I would be like, but I'm staying at home. I've, I've done the 14 days. I don't see anybody that I right. know for sure. See, that's my problem. Doesn't like isn't safe as well. I had a so I was uh, I had a neighbor come over and like I was in the front driveway like playing with Maven. A neighbor came over and talked to me, and like he kind of kept getting like inside the six feet, and I kept on backing up and like by the end of our conversation, like our conversation began at one point. So I backed up and and we backed up. <laughs> For probably 20 feet. Like, it's like, bruh, six feet, dog. To tell him bust a move? I was going to be like, hey, man, we need to chill. We need to we need to relax on this stuff. But that's, I guess that's what I do with myself when I think, like, when my mind starts going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, I all of a sudden go, well, what'd you do today? Nothing. Did you leave the house? You didn't. You didn't went on a walk with your daughter and your dog, and you pushed Maeve on the swing. You worked out. And yeah, that you're, was it. You're you're cleared. Like you, you know, you. Yeah, I was in NYC for being in NYC. That the week coming back. Okay, I I right. totally understand that. You were two weeks away from past the point of even worrying there. So you have zero. You should have zero concern about Corona until you go see a bunch of people. Okay. Well, I need. Can I call you every day when I'm starting to feel it? You can't. I'll give you the same answer. <laughs> you don't got it. Ah, you're stupid. Okay. <laughs> The other thing before we get into Nebraska football, Tiger King. Tiger King has swept the universe, a uh, show on Netflix. It uh, It's too bad. Someone brought up Tiger King is going to be synonymous with like this hor- horrible month, you know, because that's what like became everyone's thing that they were like yes, putting it, all their energy into. Mm-hmm. So you watch Tiger King. Yep. Um, first couple of thoughts I have. Number one. I didn't know people were so into tigers and fascinated by tigers. Did you know? I had no idea there were that many places and people, especially people that have tigers. Right. Just randomly in every city, people have tigers. And it being a huge, like, hey, you can go hold a baby tiger. And and like, Uh, like that being like, I can do what? Nick, I didn't know it existed. I didn't know that existed. So... I guess that was my first thought. I didn't even necessarily realize that it was even the swingers, Jeff Lowe, who's just an awful guy. <laughs> he can't be. He's not a real guy, right? He, he's I mean, intentionally being that terrible, right? He, I mean, he is a hard. I mean, the whole, by the way, spoiler alert for all this stuff for these people. I mean, you can just skip forward to when we start the Nebraska football talk. But he, I mean, so is him and his wife are swingers? They swing. And they would use tiger cubs as bait for other chi- like women. Oh, yeah. I just can't. I don't know who are these women that get lured into a hotel room by a tiger cub, and then at, we're not down to like get it going. But because they got to play with a tiger cub, they then are down to get her going. I, I think that was the the <laughs> question I asked when every single person that be, that came on to the screen of that show was. <laughs> 
who are these people? That's what I kept saying. Is like, no matter who was the next person up, it was like, who is this Where, person? Yeah. Where do they come from? How I do can't you relate to like? I'm trying to think of anyone that showed up that I could even remotely relate with. Maybe you could relate to like one of the the, the two husbands he had. <laughs> That actually didn't like men, but... That, uh, yeah, right. I mean, how about that whole storyline? I mean, that's... All, but honestly, none... I mean, I loved the... Uh, one of my favorite characters was the random employee at Joe Exotic's place that found the place on face on Craigslist. And he was like, I found this place on Craigslist. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, this guy is great! This guy is great. But I will say, my favorite thing about the whole show if I had to summarize it in a sentence, Joe Exotic met his campaign manager at Walmart <laughs> in the ammo section. It's my favorite thing of the uh, whole show. He bought ammo from me a lot. It made me his campaign manager. He met this this dude worked the ammunition section in small rural Oklahoma and they were like, yeah, let's run for president. I will guide you. Yeah, let's run for governor. By the way, he got votes. It's, it's just amazing. It is amazing. Okay, so uh, his, I Saw a Tiger, the song I Saw a Tiger, ridiculous. All of his songs were, were sneaky hilarious. But okay, I mean, the big question, did Carol Baskin kill her husband? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I have no doubts. That's the one thing I'll take away from Tiger King is there's no doubt in my mind Carol Baskin was the only murderer on that show. You think so? Yeah, I could see it in her eyes. So how did she do it? You think it was fed the tigers, meat grinder? Uh, Not for sure, but to me, that just seems like an easy place to get rid of somebody. Oh, God, yeah. And she and the whole timing of it all, and just the circumstances. Like he wanted a divorce. He had a lot of money. She didn't have anything. How about the way they met? By the way, that's that's like when you when the fact that she like I told my wife I go, you know the the guy's wacky for giving her the gun, but like the girl that gets into the car to To hold hold the the gun gun is crazier. She's more crazy. Basically, that guy was driving around town. He was just like, I gotta find something. Yeah, and. And, one. and he finds Carol Baskin, tells is willing to be like, you can just get in the car and you can point a gun at me. And that's how their marriage began. Uh, His will read, if I disappear. die or disappear, this is what I want done. And, he go, and, you, and there's all these reports that she said she's going to kill him. Right. That's all you need to know. And, uh, yeah, he, that... That strikes me as like was it just me or did that did that uh, investigation seem like the most half-assed investigation of all time? Like, did they even like? I feel like they didn't even well, investigate. Her, bro- her brother was on the force, which I mean, that was an advantage for her. If her brother's on the force, it's a lot harder to investigate with somebody inside probably saying, "Hey, it's my sister." Back off, like. You're you're making assumptions here or something, right? You know, it gets harder. Carol Baskin's got some kooky in her. I mean, hey, you crazy cats. Hey, crazy cats. Hey, kittens. Carol Baskin here, the big cat rescue. (laughs) Just here riding my my bike. I killed my husband and feed it to the tigers. You betcha. (laughs) Okay, so then the next question is, did Joe Exotic kind of catch a raw deal with everything that happened? 
No, because he he, he tried to kill somebody. <laughs> I don't know why that's the greatest right? answer ever. So I mean, here's the problem. Carol Baskin got off the hook for her murder. Yes. But Joe tried to kill her. So guess what, Joe? I think Joe, like there's a part of Joe had kind of a kind of a good heart, but like also a terrible human being as well. So (laughs) for sure. Here's the problem. You lose the benefit of that of the doubt. When there is documented footage for the better part of a decade of you. On camera, be like, guess what we're going to do? Carol Baskin, get <laughs> your head in this. And shooting a dummy with Carol Baskin and just like, you, whatever argument he could have made about like, hey, this person had a, lied about this or that. Like when they, all they had to do at that trial was get all the footage of Joe Exotic's television show and press play of all the times he said he was going to kill Carol Baskin. Yeah. You lose the benefit of the doubt that you didn't have a murder for hire situation for it, Carol Bass. It kind of reminds me of that scene in Austin Powers where it's like, and one Swedish made penis pump. And he's like, that's not mine. He's like, one receipt for Austin Powers for Swedish made. He's like, no, it couldn't be. He's like, one book written by Austin Powers, Swedish penis pumps and me. And he's like, just give me that. You know, it's like, Joe Exotic is like, you can't have more you evidence against you. It's than not he possible. Did. He had a, a, it's a sl- it was a slam dunk case for Carol Baskin's attorneys yeah. and everything. I mean, just because I mean there was there was numerous I mean, he shot a dummy numerous times. Or he'd go out into his pond and be like, Carol Baskin thinks he's gonna <laughs> take my <laughs> and just like shoot yeah. Carol ba- a fake Carol Baskin. It was like, okay. And then he had to be like, I did not, uh, would I murder, hire someone to murder care? What kind of person do you think I am? Well, you're the person that has 26 hours of you saying you're going to kill Carol That's Baskin. all he talked about. Basically. I mean, so, yeah, that was, uh, all in all, I will say, and maybe it was kind of your classic, uh, got built up too much. I didn't think, like, people were like, it's, it is, it's the most amazing thing you'll ever see i mean it was it was entertaining i almost didn't watch it after an episode i watched one episode and thought it was fine but i wasn't i i literally just i I stuck to it because so many people were talking about it but right it really to me it wasn't a wasn't really worth ever seeing again like i i may never think about it again like there are certain documentaries you see that like if someone come up to you and be like should i see it you'd be like yes you know like like I will always tell people that you, like making a murder you should see yeah. um the the four part OJ 30 for 30 <sighs> was unbelievable. I started rewatching that Nick. I kind of want I kind of want to like No, take, it was just on again. Oh, was I, it? This this week I I taped them all and I started rewatching Nick. It is now that That's is the be- that is incredible. One of the best documentaries ever made. Yes. Really? So like someone's so like that, but like, could I put my name on Tiger King? You gotta see it. Eh, no. I mean, I don't, I'm gonna I say mean, no because right. I talking about it's kind of funny right now. Yeah, we'll never think about it again, Nick. It's no. over. It's no. done. It yeah, it's it is done. But uh, there we go. Let's be done with it for the rest of our lives. All right, we are shredding and file delete forever. Joe Exotic, Carol Baskin, Jeff Lowe. How about Jeff Lowe hiring a nanny? <laughs> At the end with his pregnant wife and just going through just like ridiculously good looking. I mean, it's like Jeff. 
Jeff is. Jeff. Of all the guys that things broke, like somehow Jeff is into like unscathed in all this. Jeff is just. How old do you think Jeff Lowe was? He wore like a do rag too. Like his look was bizarre. But he had hair coming out the back. Too. Did he? I think he was bald with like long ponytail. So he had like the okay. It's a bad look. Yeah, it's a really bad look. I mean, not good. Okay, so we filed. We filed delete. Tiger Are you sure you want to delete? Yes. Throw it in the recycling bin or your computer. Empty recycling bin. Yes. Yeah. Let's get rid of it. We're done with it. Okay. The one thing we're not done with, but we don't know if it's going to be done this year, is Nebraska football. We got a lot to talk about, and we're gonna we're gonna go through all these things. There's some aspects of the conversation with the coronavirus and how it's impacted, because impacted football and Nebraska football and all that stuff that like have been talked about, but I don't know. There's some other stuff that I don't know if it's been talked about enough and we'll try and get to all that stuff. I guess we'll start big with football and kind of get more specific, I guess to you as someone that was a former all big 12 linebacker played for Nebraska was drafted by the new England Patriots. You know, this world, how big of a deal is losing spring football for for the team, like, is that a losing those fifteen practices? You know, is it a huge thing, or is it kind of like spring football is one of those things that gets blown up into a bigger deal because everybody's so football crazed around here? Well, my initial react my my initial reaction to that question is that for Nebraska, right, for this year, it's a huge deal to miss this. All right, so you compare us to say an Ohio State program's in great shape they've been winning they're they got talent they're retooling it's not good for anybody it's not good for ohio state nebraska's rebuilding a program rebuilding a culture and they've had struggles and they got a lot of young guys that they need to develop right now right and by not having these practices and the the fact that we did not have practices for the bowl game, we are way behind. I didn't think about the bowl game thing. So we had no bowl game practice. We're going to have no spring practices. And we're basically, we have all these new guys that we're trying to get into the fold here. And it's a big blow to us. I think more to Nebraska than anybody else. It's bad for everybody. I think it's worse for us. I should have prefaced this real quick with, of course, we all know this is inconsequential in the grand scheme of what's happening in our world, in our country. We get that. Like, so for people like, you guys are, this is trivial, man. You guys are talking about, like, well, of course. We know we're talking about is, Nebraska We're football. talking about Nebraska football. So spare me if anybody right now was typing up some sort of tweet, like, angry at that. But, uh, but so there's that. But I, I agree with you that not, the damage for this is not all, it's not all equal across the board, you know. Nebraska right now is trying to build a culture. The only way you build a culture is to like practice and go through stuff. The, and then we've all said that they need time in the weight room. They need time to develop. Like this is that time. Like this is the time. So while everyone's on the same, every, it's not like Nebraska is the only one that's not practicing. Nevertheless, they need it. As bad or more than anybody else outside of, you know, your shit teams or shit programs out there. Yeah. So. But take like a, I believe Purdue got just about every one of their spring practices in. They started early, like uh, end of February. 
And I think Purdue got like truly like if there's I don't know 15 practices, they got like the majority Most of, of them. Yeah. And you think, well, that's our first game of the year, right? You know, so the, that's where. But just take <sighs> me behind the scenes of like how, like spring football. What is it? What's what's so important? Like, what is the biggest thing with spring football that you feel like as someone that's gone through it? Like you are just like just lay out because I feel like spring football is like a foreign concept. People think of spring football and they think of the spring game. Yeah, you know what I mean. The spring game is the the most meaningless part of spring football. Right. Okay. the The important thing with spring football is you get reps. So it's all about fundamentals. You're basically you're putting in. You're like, okay, we're going to work on our fundamentals every day. We're going to work on tackling. We're going to work on blocking. We're going to work on our techniques. Right. What you do in what situation. You're going to put in your base defenses, your base offenses, and you're going to get really, really good at those. And then everybody's going to get reps, right? So right. you're going to get to do those things that you can't do in the weight room. So football for, let's call it, nine months of the year – is pushing weights, running, running sprints, right. you know, whatever. And there's a couple of months and a couple of practices you get that you are tackling. Right. You are blocking, you're pass rushing, you are catching the ball. Like those are things you can't do just working out. Other sports, basketball, you're shooting all year yeah. long. Golf, you're swinging a club every day. Baseball, same thing. You're throwing, you're catching, you're hitting. Right. Football, you're working out a lot, and you're not actually playing football very much. The only time you play football is in practice. That's it. You know what I mean? Like you, you can play basketball outside of basketball practice. Yes, one on one on zero, you can go out and shoot and and use your imagination and play that game in your head. You can greatly improve with just you and a ball and a hoop. You can't necessarily greatly improve. Uh, you know, like. Cam Taylor can't necessarily get better. What can he do? What What can Cam Taylor do if other than lift weights? But again, there's a difference between lifting weights and playing football. Yeah. Or these, you know, these three, you know, we got to replace three defensive linemen right now with guys that are going to get no reps and, you know, not get that feel of like, what does it feel like to get a, a couple, like, you know, down blocks from a tackler? You know, right, you got to right. go through that about. 50 or a hundred times before you start getting those, the feel of it. And it starts to all slow down and you, you, you learn how to handle your own strength and like it, all those things, it takes reps. It what? takes, you got to see it, but in your life before you can get good at it. Okay. So then, cause that leads me into the other thing I wrote down and maybe there's not a great answer to this, but I wrote it down just to throw at you. What position or position group or side of the football is hurt the most by this to you? Is it those interior uh, linemen? Like I, the- here's what I would I'd argue: In, anybody that hasn't doesn't have experience, it's going to hurt, mm-hmm. right? But if I have to answer that question, like who gets hurt more than than others, I would probably lean towards the offense. Okay. All right. So you think about defense in a shorter amount of time. I think it's a little bit easier to. Yeah. To say, all right, we're going to base packages. Here's what you do. Play fast. Offense takes more timing and precision. The offense usually needs more reps than the defense. Totally agree. 
So quarterback, receivers, and linemen, those things are timing, 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 right? That's where the chemistry is involved more than on defense. It's do your job, right? It's right. Know the scheme, do your job. Reps help, but offense reps help more. Yeah, you're so right because if you think about at the start of the season, the first month of the season, people always talk about the defense is ahead of the offense. Bingo. And people always, from a Vegas standpoint, people usually say like, you know, betting the under early on in the first couple of weeks is usually a good bet because it's, let's, let's be honest, the first couple games of the season are usually kind of like lower scoring, clunky. Because the offenses are just finding their, yeah. they're finding their flow. They're right. new, especially when new players are involved. Like it's all right. a chemistry thing. Usually defenses have the advantage the first couple of weeks of camp, same way the first couple of weeks of spring ball. It's the offense. It takes longer to get that chemistry, to kind of get there, to get their feel. I don't know, from your perspective, how hard is, how big of a difference is, because you can, you can, I guess right now, try to get mental reps. Like, I bet you can go through your, you know, if you're, uh, if you're Cam Taylor, you use him again, or, you know, your pick a light, you're Nick Henrich or whatever, you, I'm sure there are different things you can do on, on some sort of program, computer program or whatever, where well, you are getting well, they mental are. reps. So, so what they're doing right now is they're having Zoom, you know, their Zoom meetings and their... How does Zoom make money? Because they're, they got to be like rolling it right now. Zoom's doing good, except for they've had, they've been hacked where I think people were drawing... Penises uh, on people. Yeah, Let that's what that's what always gets drawn, right? Jeff Lowe. <laughs> Jeff Lowe. Jeff Lowe's Jeff like. <laughs> and if you want a tiger gub, tiger penis, uh, all over these guys. <laughs> so you ever had a tiger penis drawn on you? <laughs> right on your yeah. So right, anyway, we have. We have right, am I good? Did I not? Did I break the rules? No, take it down. Okay, take it down. No, we got a little. There's a little. I mean, there's a little bit more. I mean, do we want to? We're, we're we're talking about the wine right now, people. I mean, I poured myself a, a... But I'm on glass, too, so you... Okay, uh, so we're good. All right, yeah, continue with the mental reps thing. No, so anyway, they're, they're they're trying to do that, where you know you can break down film so everybody's watching. It's like having meetings, right. which is great, right? That's, that's a positive, but what these guys need are on-field reps. Seeing it on the field and seeing it in the classroom... I guess that's my question ...are not to you. the same thing. Yeah, that, that's my question to you. It's like, I mean, there are times you can... It, there's a big difference between sitting in sweatpants in front of a computer and seeing twins and then motion and being like, I have the second wide receiver, you know, like, and then when you're in a helmet and you're in, like, it's got to be way different. Yeah. So when the guy's lined up against you that can possibly hurt you, <laughs> that's always a little different. Like, okay, now you have to think and he might hurt you, right? <laughs> Versus like. When you're in the classroom, you're like, yeah, I, oh, of course I have the outside It's gap, so easy. Yeah. Or I'm going in, but then it's like, oh, that guy just drilled me the last play. He's looking at me again, and like, you got to hear the check. You got to make the move, or you know what I mean? Right. Like, that's where on the field reps, you got to get good there to ever be good. Like, you can't, you can't. But with all that said, it's important. It is, it's not like it, it renders what they're doing meaningless they still need to do it still helps on some level it helps but it just you still need the on on yeah that, it's a, like i said i i in my opinion 
It's a big blow to Nebraska. I think a bigger blow to the than offense. it is to to other people, yeah, to, other uh, uh, yeah, to other programs. I totally agree. I totally agree. Side note with the whole like different like I, I there's nothing that drives me nuts more than the people that that uh press box quarterback like you know they'll they're 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 in the press box and they're watching and they're like Adrian Martinez had the wheel. It's like, well, how did he not see that? Motherfucker, you ever been in the pocket with a fucking Chase Young coming at you? <laughs> yeah. And not, like, it's just, it's not that easy. Yeah, no. Quarterback's not played with the all 22 cam chilling, eating Valentino's pizza. Like, Wandale, Wandale's right there. Like, it's not, that's, it's not how it works. Okay. It, that drives me nuts. It's way it's, easier just to let, just like you said, to say it. <laughs> You're just <laughs> like, go do it. You're I not mean, in harm's way. You're like, not, I mean, like you people been in the, the pocket. Yeah, just like, just being in harm's way, like, that guy's going to crush crush me. Like, if you've never been crushed, you don't know. It's you like, don't get it. It, it does change your, change do your mind. It, it drives me nuts. Um, okay, two other. Since we're staying on individuals, we'll do this. Because um, this is something that I've thought about a ton. Staying in shape right now. I have done a lot of thinking of. Now, again, I played basketball. And as we've said, basketball is one sport that you can kind of like, you could kind of stay in somewhat of a kind of a flow and somewhat in shape just by being able to get, because right now you could get into the, you could maybe get into a gym or you could go shoot outside or whatever, but football's different. How, I mean, how would you, let's say, let's go back to two, this 2006 or 2007, like how would you have stayed in shape during this time? Where you can't get into the weight room right now. So, so this is I, I've thought about this, and I've been really, I've been looking in at the papers every day, and I've been looking online, waiting for somebody to give me some information on what, what are, are these, these guys doing? What are they doing? Because are they doing? Nobody's actually saying, okay, here's what they're doing, how they're these people are working out. Because normally, these months, you know, spring ball plus you know summer conditioning. It's when you put on all that mass, you work your butt off, you transform your body, right? But I know myself right now, being indoors and being in your ba- you know your basement doing some push-ups here and there, it ain't the like same. that's not the same as when you're in a weight room with with Zach Duvall and your whole your all the linebackers are with you, all the linebackers and- you're squatting and you're lunging heavy, you're benching right. heavy with spotters. All of a sudden, you know, like. When you're talking about putting on mass and transforming your body, like that's the way you do it. Like you can't do it in your basement just doing push-ups. Like you can get in decent shape, but you'll probably lose weight. Like you're not going to the guys that need to put on muscle and right. size, like you need access to a weight room. So, if you're asking me what I would do, I would say, "Well, I'm going to get a key to go somewhere next." <laughs> right. And I'm going to go I'm, like, I'm going to get one or two of my guys and say, "Meet me there. We're going to do our best to social distance, but we're going to spot each other and right. freaking bust our butts lifting heavy weights like we have to do it." I mean, because running, you know, I'd be running hills. Right. I would be doing those things, but not everybody can. That's what I don't know, you know, Dirk, Sip, Sam McEwen, whoever, if anybody's listening to this, like, that's a story I'm interested in. Like, what are these guys doing like, to stay in shape? Give me your, your weekly workout schedule. What is Wondell Robinson doing? What is Adrian Martinez doing? What is Nick Henrich doing? What is Cam Taylor Britt doing? What are these guys doing mm-hmm. on a daily basis? What's Diedrich Mills doing? Like, 
I mean, I, I think some guys are going to come in. Because like, guys usually, it's like, you know, you find the guys when they're done with football, they either balloon up in weight or they usually lose weight, right? Nobody usually stays the right. same. The linemen are usually built that way where guys get fat and way out of shape or their natural tendency is to be skinnier. And if they're not lifting heavy weights, some of those guys are going to show That's up right. skinny and the other guys are going to show up fat where you need them big and strong and it's just because you're so right like i've always thought an interesting coffee table book would be pictures of football players when they played and then when they didn't play yeah and it wouldn't even like i'll even look i look at pictures you and your brother and it doesn't even like especially you you're probably 200 right now 200 and you played at 235 yep that's 35 pounds 35 pounds of like heavy lifting gets you there yeah that, or like you look at Jason Peter, a picture of Jason Peter as a player, and then look at Jason now. You would you would be hard pressed. Like that's there's no way that's the same person. Doesn't look the same. But it just goes to show you our boy Mullen, uh, Matt Mullen, who is a football player, pl- grew up with us when Southeast was played in Nebraska for a set. Like like he, you could tell like he had a hundred pounds on him that was not natural weight. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, and so you're right. Like guys are going to start to like go either one way or the other because the other part of it is the nutrition part of it. Is like like all of a sudden now when you don't have training table and you're not having people stand on your ass on what you're eating, Nick, like these guys' be, nutrition habits are going to go to shit. There's going to be some some D linemen and some O linemen that are coming. They're going to come in too heavy. A guy I I know a a great player that I played with, Corey Ross. He was an eye back. Yeah, he had a tendency to just be overweight. It's right. how he was built. He's genetically right. so he got into great shape for him. Right. Like working out, really working hard. Some guys, some guys to they just, have to work to right. just barely right. be like, you know, fifteen yeah. percent body fat. They call him pork chop, right? They call him pork chop, <laughs> and it's that's how pork chop. And so pork chop, if pork chop was put in quarantine, pork chop would pork come chop's in. Pork chop's gonna be big. He's gonna come in heavy, and he's an eye back. You right. can't come in like fifteen pounds heavy You're so as an right. eye back. You're gonna be slow. Hey guys, quick break to talk to you guys about Pella windows and doors. You know, putting in some new windows or a new door, it's really exciting, but sometimes you don't even know where to begin because it's a little intimidating. Well, let me help you out. First of all, I got to go with Pella. That's, that's just a given. And with Pella, there are a couple of directions you can go to start. Number one, you can schedule a free in-home consultation. That's right, free. You're going to be able to get a Pella expert out, sit down with you, look at your home, and they are going to be able to get a Scott Frost-esque game plan for you that fits your budget, your home, your wants, and your needs. Or, number two, you can head out to the showroom. The showroom's really cool, man. Sometimes it actually helps to see the window and see the door and, and open it and close it to get a better feel for what you're going to be installing in your home. The showroom is also a great place to start. And you know what? Any direction you start with, just know the Pella has a variety of products and can 100% provide window and door solutions to any home. And like I've told you, you're going to be working with Pella and the great people there the entire time. Give me a call, 402-493-1350. That's 493-1350. Check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. Back to the Wine Pod Nebraska football chatter with my guy, Bo Root. Then there's the other guy. Then the other aspect is like, there are some dudes who are lazy. There are some dudes, there are some guys that are naturally uh, motivated and disciplined and stay on it and all that stuff. And then there's other guys that you got to like stay on them, drag them to weights, drag them to be on time. Like 
the, like now all of a sudden all the guys that you had to stay on all the time on just getting to the weight room yep. not like n- now all of a sudden they're left to their own free will and that's a problem too i would say that in, uh, probably my best guess would be about 50% of these guys because of this quarantine, let's say they show up in, let's say they get an opportunity to come back in June, two and a half months of not being on a, a regimented program, yeah. 50% are going to really drift a long ways away from hard work. And 100% correct. Because, and that's where, and I'm, I mean, you know, if I'm Zach Duvall, like when you, when you finally get, eventually all these guys are going to come back, like you got to be careful on like, because the other thing is like when you're out of shape, that's when you can really hurt yourself too. So that's the other thing with all this stuff. But like, yeah, it could, the one thing too is that it can shock your system. We were being a college basketball player and a college football player. You're used to your whole life is regimented and planned for you. Where it's just like, here's your weekly schedule. It's like, okay, Monday I got weights at this, and then I got this at that, and I got meetings at this. And all of a sudden, when all that stuff is just gone, like you all of a sudden think, just think right now for everyone else that has has gotten outside of their normal daily habits, it shocks your system. It shocks your system really bad. So like I'm, that's one of the aspects of this that I'm most fascinated by is like, how are these guys staying in shape? Yeah, I don't know. It hasn't been documented, but I can tell you this. They're not going to be where they would have been. Oh, hell no. There's no way someone's going to come back. If you could have just, if you just have maintained, I don't even know if people are going to be able to maintain. How are someone going to be able to maintain? You can't because you don't, you're not going to be in the environment of that constant, you know, hard work. And you know how it is. There's a big difference. There's something about, when you're with your boys and you're in the weight room and the music's rolling and your strength coach is yelling at you and like you, you know, you great, push it more. Great strength coaches. They get so much out of you. I mean, coach, coach Kennedy, when he was there, I, I can't tell you how much he helped me just, right. Just every day. It was a, it was always coming at you, digging at you challenging you every day, you know, cause you don't feel like it every day. And all of a sudden it's like that guy's challenging. You, you don't want to let that guy down. I mean, it was an everyday thing for five years. And all of a sudden you, you put on 40 pounds, you're, you're strong as an ox. Right. And you don't know kind of how it happened, but it just sort of happened over time. Right. Every day you are pushing it to the limit. Totally. Every single day. And so if you do that once a week now, guess what? It doesn't do the same thing as every day. You know what it is? I mean, I can't tell you how many times. And again, I'm a basketball player. Like, where you'd be like, I'm not going to put an extra plate on each side for this last rep. And then your strength coach or someone else is like, no, fuck that. Like, put it on. Or or you're supposed to do a rep of 10, and you get to 8, and you're like, let's rack it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no, you got to get those. And like that stuff adds up and it matters. Those last couple reps, right? Where you got spotters and somebody on, you know, that you don't, Yeah. like that's where you make your gains. Yes. And people that, and that's where you also make your gains mentally too. Like the, you get, you get hard. Right. You get, 
Like, right. You get freaking hard in the world. So that, like... And people that have never gone through that don't understand that you do that over and over. Like, that's how you get big and strong and better. And when you're on your own, you're like, you might have the same workout and do the same reps that they ask you for. And it just is not even... 50% is effective. It's even close to the same. Because you're not doing the same speed, the same intensity, all those things that when you're in a group with professionals, with your with your boys that are, you know, that you're you're all competing for something, for playing time. E- right. And it's, it all works together. Then. Even even the other thing I thought about is like, let's say you uh, tweak your hammy or you tweak your ankle as you're working out. Like, treatment. Little stuff like that. Like, being able to get into the, see the trainer on, like, rehab stuff. Like, where's Adrian Martinez? Like, I don't know. what he, Did he have surgery on his shoulder? Is that what he had? Like, non-throwing shoulder. Non-throwing shoulder. Like, where was he at in his rehab process? And what is he doing to rehab? You know, like, stuff like that. Like, these are, like, when you're coming back off of a surgery and you're rehab, like, those are crucial times yeah. to be consistently on your rehab process. So, like, I'm just... The, the staying in shape thing, that's the article and the story that I want to read. I do too. I want to know. I want to know how this is going, not just with Nebraska, with everybody. Right. I just want to yeah. know. What are these guys doing? What? Okay, next topic. Recruiting. Now, your brother got a commitment, I think, from a Georgia backer or some... some... Chris Paul. Not, not CP3. With CP3. Oh, shit. CP3 coming to play backer? So, Chris Paul Jr. out of, I believe, Georgia. Okay. And linebacker, he is, from what I read on, he's like one of those character guys. He's a guy that is, he's there to be, you know, tough, hardworking, like set the tone. Yes. He's a leader. That, it's a great pickup, you know, and and I know for, it was pretty awesome for my brother that, you, you know, he's got probably the two recruits for that position for the year. They may take a third, but most likely they'll have two. But, you know, so for my brother, it's a great thing because as a linebacker coach, you've got your recruits, right? Right. But they've only got four, three or four guys, no, four guys committed, and they got 25 probably scholarships to offer. So it's going to be really interesting to see how much no spring game, no spring visits is going to affect a place like us. Again, I hate to go back to be like doom and gloom, but like some, it's a bigger deal for some programs to not be able to have guys truly step foot on campus than others. Like Lincoln, Nebraska and the University of Nebraska is a place that you need to get the hardest, the hardest thing is getting guys to come to campus and see it. Oftentimes, I think you hear, Scott Frost has said this, and I bet you remember it as uh, when you had to host guys or different recruits. Like, when they see the campus, then they kind of get it. They're like, oh. Like, all I know is for basketball players that came to Omaha, Nebraska has a connotation to it that they think they're going to come and they'll be like, yeah, you ride old Bessie, horse number two, to the barn, and then the barn over to Easy, Bessie. We got to get to English 120. All right. Tie her up yeah. here. We better make sure that uh, no one takes her. Let's go in the saloon here. Wicked, wicked, wicked. Why don't you fill me up a, a shot of whiskey here and uh, hold on. Pull up. Where's Wait the- a minute. You want to challenge me to a duel? Well, 
I'll high meet. noon, high. me and you, partner. I'll see you there. <laughs> Wait a minute. Pull out the spittoon. That's that's what a lot of these dudes think they're coming to. They think they are coming to that. <laughs> they're gonna ride old Bessie to a saloon, get challenged to a duel, and spit into it. Maybe like, we need to bring that stuff back, and people will really love this. Place. But people need to get on campus to see this shit. You know, like Everything. see, they're like, oh, the, the Lincoln's a cool city. Oh, this isn't like what I thought it was going to be. Oh my god, look at a Memorial Stadium. Oh my god, look at this weight room. Oh my god, look at this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. The, the here's what's funny about Lincoln. It, it is not for everybody. No, but like the no, people I mean, that like that like Lincoln, they love it. And so, the, but the, those same people come here. They didn't know it was going to be like this. Yeah. So the people that love a city like Lincoln are as surprised as people that this isn't for them anyway. Sure. Right? So, but there are that group of recruits that they still, they don't know that the place that they, like, that's meant for them is like this. Because sometimes you need to, yeah, you have to actually go there to be like, oh, this is awesome. It's a great city, a great community. It's very, like, it feels like a a really big, small town. And for some people, that's what they like. Right. And to get a sense of, yeah, I mean, you just... And the fans and the, the fans, Yeah, the like sense that, that like, stuff. this is the biggest deal. I mean, one of the coolest things you do is when, you, when you're driving in into the interstate into, into Lincoln and you see Memorial Stadium and you see Haymarket Park and you see Pinnacle Bank Arena, like, I'm always like, damn, this, this is sweet, you know? Like, and you got to see that, though. You got to. You got to see it. And so... I don't know what that's going to be like. I've heard some people doing virtual visits where they like almost like walk guys around. You know, I mean, that's just like, God damn, that's not the same. I mean, you got to do what you got to do, but like that's so right now, these coaches are sitting at home, right? Brutal. All of our, all of our coaches are sitting at home and they are calling and they are texting kids all day long. That's what they're doing. Right. Right. So they might meet, they might zoom in with each other and whatever. And do that, right? And they have their meetings. But really, every coach in the country is sitting around texting. So the if you're one of the top recruits in the country, your your phone is never not, not flashing. Yeah. Right. So it's it's just it just puts everybody in a weirder spot. I think it makes everything less personal. Right. When you can't get them on campus in person, because in person. Is just not the same as a phone call. It's not. not the same as a Zoom. It's not the same as a text. It's not, dude. Like, I mean, I'm for, I know for me, like, even like I thought Allen Fieldhouse was cool on TV. And then I will never forget, I went to the UCLA Kansas game in December of 2001. And I'm sitting behind the bench and I was just like, holy shit. This is, I mean, you've been to a game and I, like, you're like, whoa. You know, and I thought it was like someone has said, you've never been there, but do you think on a scale of one to 10, what do you think it's like? I'm like, oh, a 10. But like, you don't know until you see it. For a lot of these recruits, hey, what do you think Memorial Stadium's like on a, you're like, oh, it looks like it's great. I'd probably give it a 10. But like, once you're there and that's, you see it, that's what tie, it, it bonds you to it. Yes. Yes. So it'll be. I mean, it's, I don't, it's just, it's just unfortunate whether it's like, obviously, Nebraska, 
you know, what do they have three losing seasons in the last four years? They like, they need a lot of, they, they need all the recruiting time they can get. They need all the opportunities they can get to get guys on campus. They also need to get every, every single practice is important. Every single, like all this stuff is important and all this stuff is not there right now. Yeah. I was, I was reading about recruiting and, and everybody, all the experts say that the, the visits in spring and early summer, that's where Nebraska makes its hay. Like that's yep. where they get their, their biggest and best recruits, I think, to kind of solidify them. For, for whatever reason, all that stuff, like early on getting them to Nebraska early benefits us more than the average place. Just because of – Totally, though. I think that, yeah. the dynamics in Nebraska is it's a blue blood program with great history, but it's not a quote-unquote sexy place to be, right? right. Compared to, you know – USC, Ohio State, to Ohio State, compared to LSU. LSU, Alabama, Clemson, you know, the places that are sort of like the the new generation of like successful programs, right? Notre Dame renowned, right? Those are those are places of bigger populations, quote unquote, more things to do. You know, I I just think We just side with the with the program that's on top right now. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if you, you just side with them, you're like, well, okay. So if you've never been to Nebraska or Clemson, like you probably are. If you have the choice, you're, you've never been to either. You're probably choosing Clemson right now. Right. Where you know what? Twenty years ago, if you hadn't seen Clemson, or Nebraska, you would have chose Nebraska. That's right. I mean, I bet. I mean, you know, as you talk to a lot of recruits, and they'd say like, "Hey, what's so John Nebraska is like my visit when I got on campus, when I saw Memorial Stadium, when I saw the spring game, like." That, so naturally, that stuff's detrimental. Now, to be fair, that's a problem for everyone else, but it's it's there are varying degrees of the problem for people. So yeah. we'll see. I mean, it's a it's a real thing, though. It's a real thing. The other thing within within this is, and I don't. I mean, you and I can't really speak to this a ton, but I think it's worth bringing up because I again I haven't heard anything on this too. And granted, everybody's just trying to like keep their head above water and get through the day is like the academic aspect of this. Like there's a lot of people, there's a lot of players that have like academic work to get qualified, to be able to even play. If there's a season, whether it's, we talked about the bell West wide receiver, Xavier Betts. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, and then Omar Manning, I think had work to do in junior college. Like all, like what happens with what happens with these academic things i think i've heard that a lot of places are going to like pass fail for the oh that's ah, huge but you ever take class pass fail spanish a lot <laughs> <laughs> pass fail pass fail was the if you classic. don't like a class you just say give me pass fail pass fail you could i tell you what Every pass-fail class I ever took, I had to grind on the last test to pass it. Because when you give when you give yourself that like leash, you're like, nah, cuz we ain't doing that. You know, like <laughs> study. <laughs> it's Friday night. Study. <laughs> oh, there's a quiz tomorrow. What's this class's pass-fail? Shit. We're not studying for this. But yeah, okay, so so you've heard that they're going to a lot of pass-fail for some of these dudes. Well, I know like Link, I'm saying like Lincoln Public Schools. I believe oh. their whole fourth quarter's pass fail. Hell yeah! So it, you know, I mean, I just don't. I wonder what they'll do. Like, what's what are what what is the NCAA going to do? If let's say Omar Manning 
his junior college, they, they've shut down their campus and he had a couple of things he had to get done. And because of like logistical things, he maybe didn't get them done. Like, are you truthfully going to rule him ineligible? Like, what are they going to do? My assumption based on the first handful of weeks of when this thing, I mean, the government has, you know, stimulus package sending checks out to Americans, you know, if you're late on your mortgage, we're okay. You know, like all these things are there. The leniency is there. My guess would be when it comes to school, I find it be a very hard pressed that they would flunk people. I agree. Or, or be sticklers about something in this. I think this is a time if you're academically kind of questionable, I think you're going to catch a break and they're going to say, congratulations. It's a hey, tough man. time. Go for it. Hey, player X, I know you had to pass this class to do whatever. And technically it didn't happen, but like, come on. It, it's a, it's a crazy time. And I just, I just, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around anybody being a stickler on anything right now. I think right. it's pretty much like if you're close, good. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, I hope so. Because it matters, like especially with like I just go back to those two wide receivers. Yeah, we got it's the two receivers. We need them. We need them. So <laughs> we need it's them like, bad, like really bad. They'll get there. I hope so. How you doing on this wine, dog? You you all of a sudden you did a good job. You you hesitated for a second. You got you. I'm a little further along than you now. Oh, this is this is good, dog. Air cheers. Cheers. Okay. Now we're going to enter into Speculationville. You ready to go to Speculationville with me? I've always wanted to go there. I have too. I've heard good <laughs> things about it. Uh, you can drive there. Where, so, I mean, the big question is like, is there going to be a football season? I guess from like a broad sense, I tweeted this the other day. It's pretty remarkable on a lot of levels, good and bad, that the threat of no football will motivate certain people to adhere to the social distancing and different guidelines with coronavirus to like follow them more so than anything else. Like that's kind of amazing. Like you would think dying and people and deaths would be the ultimate motivator, but it's just interesting. We don't need to get down this path of like some existential question of like football and it's, you know, or, or like, you know, are we more motivated by death and mortality or are we more motivated by short term gratification and joy? Because I could argue that more people in, in the world are more motivated by short term gratification and joy. I would say if you asked the average person, you said, hey, does it matter to you more if my grandfather dies or if you get to watch football this fall? If they're being honest, 90% care about watching. And that's kind of amazing, but it's, but it's real, but that's real. You know, I think that's very real. I think it's, I think that's real, but it's, it's truthfully in, in a sad way, the ultimate motivator, like if, if Anthony Fauci or Trump or whatever were to come out and be like, let me tell you, we're not going to have any football if you guys don't go home. If you want football. Like, I feel like people have been like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on. Whoa, hold on. This is not a big deal. Football? We might not have football? Okay, I will. I'm not going to mess around with this. But it's amazing that that's where, like, 
the threat of no football will wake people up more than anybody else. Because it's just amazing how much everything changes week by week, you know? Like just a month ago, this wasn't even on, like people knew about it, but it was, think how much, how far we've come in just a month, let alone how far we've come in two weeks. Me and you were traveling a month three ago. Three weeks ago. Three weeks ago or three and a half weeks ago, me and you were both traveling thinking, you know, we were listening to people saying, this is just the flu. It's no big deal. And then all of a sudden, everybody kind of shifted their tone. And it's like, this three, is huge. Three weeks ago. I'm trying to, like, three and a half weeks ago, I was in New York. How much money would it take for you to go to motherfucking <laughs> New York right now? Uh, be a lot. Oh, I mean, there's no amount of money, pretty much, you know? Like... But it's just, it's amazing how much this has, has changed. So, like, the, the big question now for some people is all of a sudden now, like, summer classes have gotten to where they're, they're online only at the University of Nebraska and a lot of different places where, they're, you know, all of a sudden, all of a, all of a sudden now, people have, are minds and there's been stories and different things of, like, oh, man, Kirk Herbstreet came out and said that he does not think there's going to be a football season. And people are starting to, you know, at first it was like, is there going to be an NCAA tournament? Nope. Is there going to be the Masters? Nope. Is there going to be this? Nope. Is there going to be the NBA playoffs? Who knows? Like, you know, and all of a sudden now we've we've gone out on the calendar to football. Where, I mean, I, I was I was thinking about how if there's no students on campus, if it's online, like basically if we get to the fall semester and it's still online classes, there's not going to be a football. There's not going to be a, a football season as we know it. Well, explain to me this, all right? This virus, right? They're saying it's going to peak between the next, you know. 10, I heard it's going to peak days. May first. That was the last I had heard. I I talked to someone is that yesterday, Nebraska or is that nationwide? I think that's nationwide. Like the peak of this thing is going to be May first. So it peaks in May first, and then it's a full month on the decline. Maybe a month after that, of really till it ends. Maybe. Well, I know I heard in Nebraska that we're behind, so ours is going to be less maybe damaging but a longer it, it makes it a longer run so you know once you talk start talking about peaking in the start of may then all of a sudden it's like well then the by the time you're clear it's july and then they're saying there could be the second round of it right. and if they're worried about the second round how do they do anything i try to understand i mean so you know because i'm just i'm going to try and stay in my lane here of like all I know is, to, to, again, to stay in my lane, there needs to be, like, if if students can't be on campus, how can there be a football season? Wait, if so if you yeah, start at that thought, which is not a crazy thought, then I would think by July 1st, there needs to be able, there needs to be a decision made on whether or not there's going to be students on campus for the fall semester. Yeah. So, like, to me, big checkpoints are, like, July 1st and then August 1st of, of students actually coming back to campus. Yeah. If we're going to see football as we know it. Now, I think the the further this thing goes along, with we, I mean, who the hell knows what's going to happen? There could be some uh, variation of the season where could you could you see a scenario where some football programs, some teams play, and some don't, meaning a place like 
Nebraska or Iowa or where, like they're not getting hit as hard as Rutgers and LSU yeah. or USC or UCLA. Could you see a scenario like could you see a scenario where the teams that feel like they can play, they play each other and other teams don't? I I cannot see that. I, I see it as an all or nothing thing. Okay. To me, it's it goes to almost closer to like national policies, right? Like we're either all in or we're all out. That's kind of the. I mean, not that we're everything's been sure. the same. Each state's been different, but but nevertheless, there are national things that are yeah, the, mandated. The in- the NBA is not saying, hey, guess what, Milwaukee and right. And right. Utah Indiana, are playing, right, but right. sorry, LA and New right. York are not. Like that's really not how this, to me, sports leagues work. So I think it's going to be an all or nothing. It, it's it is too early to see kind of how this is going to play out, and if you know the second wave won't be as bad as the first, where they say, well, then we just got to get back with our lives. Like. I, I don't know. I, I just I'm so uneducated on, you know, yeah, the ep- I'm trying to stay on, in the lane with this, like on I, epidemics I, and how this stuff works, because it's all new. But from from everything I, I understand right now, it seems like the odds are leaning towards there's a better chance it won't happen than it will happen. And and then all the different stories you read of is the what happens if it doesn't happen, and. Again, like we said at the start of this. What like happens nothing, if it doesn't... No, what if football doesn't if happen? If football doesn't happen. Again, ultimately, the most important thing in this is everyone's health and safety. Period. Yeah. Right? But the the economic impact of no football is enormous. For cities like Lincoln that are so financially leveraged on football season, for athletic departments and their ability to fund and and support a lot of different things without football season i mean it's i mean somebody said it's pretty much arm like no football season's armageddon and so that the only reason i think that like money is the ultimate motivator and as long as it's remotely plausibly safe on some level for some teams to play I think some teams are going to do all they can to play. So I understand what you're saying where it's like it's an all or nothing thing. But if you're the University of Nebraska and let's say you get things relatively under control and you find Wyoming and Iowa and Iowa State and Northern Iowa and whoever, 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 like, and you can fill a schedule to where now maybe these TV networks are say, yeah, we'll carry your games. That's a lot of money, Bo. Oh, that's no. a lot of money. I think Nebraska, like just hearing the, the the if you read like Bill Moose's clippings, Bill Moose is on board for whenever anybody gives him the thumbs up that's right. remotely safe. He wants to he wants practices. He wants to get those practices back, which I fully support. Like we need those practices. And I think you know if it's if it's safe, like if it's if there's a you know if it's not a safety issue, I think Nebraska could be one that would would, would say would do here it. we go if we can we will. I mean we so, it, it's too important to us. We got to do it. 
And even in, would you be, I've been kind of surprised at how like, and this is going to an, uh, a different level, but LeBron has been like, I don't see how you, like LeBron's been kind of outspoken about like, I, I, like, I couldn't imagine playing or I, almost to the degree of like, man, I wouldn't play without fans in the stands. The college football, no fans is hard. Nick, it's hard to even picture. It. It's hard to even picture, but I think one thing that that whether it's LeBron or what you just said, like when when pitted with either it's that or not playing, I almost think you always play, right? The athleteness says always play, right? That that's so. That's I guess that's the my next question. The other thing I wrote down is like. Could we see a scenario where there's some sort of college football season that doesn't look, but like there are no fans in the stands? I have a, such a hard time seeing it. I, I just, it, it's almost it, like my brain won't go there. It could happen. I just, I just think, how can that happen? How can you not have fans for college football? I, I could see it for the NBA. College football, I just, it's harder. But to here's see. why I can see it for college football is ultimately the biggest check that every one of these universities cash is their TV contract. Now, I don't know. The interesting thing would maybe is how are these contracts written with the Big Ten Network and these schools? Like, I would assume there's some, I don't know if you ever read, I mean, contracts are multiple there, pages there's, for reasons. There could be doomsday language, there's right? There's doomsday language in there. I would assume that would say if a catastrophic event Probably happens, it's called what, an act of God. Right. This would be probably called an act of God on this level where there's probably act of God language in these contracts that state, hey, the Big Ten Network does not have to pay the University of Nebraska if there is an act of God. Out, like the games and, have to happen for because there's a dominant like the games have to happen but in order to make the money they're like businesses have to advertise well everyone's pulling back on advertising right now because there's not a lot of product to sell because businesses are shut down yeah. so there's just a domino the way our economy and everything work there's just a domino effect with all this stuff it, that i just i like the 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 economic impact of this stuff is i mean to me it almost comes simpler than that like if you can't allow these players to get within touching each other, and they're going to touch each other. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Hey, uh, Cam Jurgens is going to touch that defensive tackle yes, a little bit. a few times. And he's going to breathe on his face. Yes. Uh, but, like, if, if that's – if they're still to the point in August where you can't get – if it's social distancing is still the thing, like how, you can't play football. Right. It's a 100 guys – Rubbing Leaning up on, on each, each other, other, tackling each other, breathing, yeah. sweating, spitting like it's right. all, you know, li liquid droplets of Corona Everything. floating around. Everything. Yeah. You're getting sick. Locker. I mean, a locker room is a Petri dish. Let me yeah, just tell it's you. It's awful for that stuff. So I don't know. I mean, I wrote down whether or not you could have neutral, smaller sites. People have talked about, I know SIP has talked about like, could you envision Ohio State, Nebraska and Milford? Like, what about at Applebee's? What about Applebee's <laughs> to start? Chili's halftime. <laughs> the Texas Roadhouse was like, I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, all this stuff, like to me, everything's on the table. Like literally everything. People talked about, well, maybe there could be spring football. Whatever. What all I know is now. Now you're getting into like, well, what about the draft and what you know? What does someone like Trevor Lawrence do? Trevor Lawrence. It, there's a spring football season, but then there's the NFL draft. And what if there's an NFL season? Does Trevor Lawrence want to play football? Like, you know, 
who knows what happens to all that all that stuff. But like, I guess my main thing is like, there's there's so much money at stake here that I think having a football season, however or whenever or even wherever, a lot of people are going to exhaust every single option. Not just because for us, we watch it because we love it. A lot of these people need it. Bill Moose has to have football so this athletic program can exist. So they can fund this. They can fund that. They can do it. Like, yeah. Without football, a lot of this stuff is gone. Well, I'll tell you this. I really do think that another handful of months of this, which it's going to be. Yes. People are going to be so sports crazed that if there is the smallest little window to do any of this, we'll do it because oh, yeah. people will want to. But it's it's it truly will come down to a safety thing where if it is if it if we're not out of the the arena of this it is going to cause people to lose their lives, like they're just they're not going to do it. Like right. we're every single day gets stricter across the country and as it's going like it's just going to continue until this thing is done because so, listen, there's a, there's a chance we listen back to this podcast two months from now and we laugh at it oh yeah we might be like what were either we way think like we thought there was going to be football or we thought there wasn't going to be football like who knows who the hell knows i mean that's the funny thing is every single day we learn more and we kind of look back and go what were, we, what were we thinking? thinking? What were we doing? Why did we think that? Why did we, we not we know? That? How could we have realized that, or not realized that this, this, and this, and this? Like, that's how it is. I'll say this. E even 9-11, like, doesn't compare to this last month where I'm like, every single day, it just got more and more This is out of, like, can you the possibility of what my mind could think. The line I keep giving my my wife at times as we're just messing around is I'll go, I'll just look at her and I'll go remember life, like not just remember high school, remember remember this, remember that, remember like remember comma life question mark, like that's how much this shit is just. It's been a it's it's just crazy, it's totally crazy, so who knows what the hell is gonna happen. We are at one hour and seven minutes, my friend. And I think at this point, we've, we've done what we needed to do. Did we not do? Did we not do what we needed to do here? We've completed the mission. We've completed the mission, Doc. You still got, I want to see you. You going to take that to the head? I've already taken mine to the head. You got a good, is that chuggable? Wine is not chuggable. Let's see if Boru can chug it to, to wrap this thing up. This is chuggable in my book. Okay, let me see what you can do, Doug. Get a little Pinot Noir in your life. Oh, yeah, that's good stuff. All right, people. There you have it. A little wine podcast, a little Nebraska football, a little Tiger King, little Nick and Bo try to play makeshift Anthony Fauci and project what things could be like for football season. Who the hell knows? No one knows. In the meantime... We're going to continue to try to entertain you. We need entertainment at this time. This Jordan documentary coming up, you and I are going to 
exhaust, we're going to, we're going to ring that thing out for all that's worth with our content. Then you and I have some thoughts on some off season coverage of Nebraska football. We got some things in the works. We'll leave it at that. Right. It's a mystery. We're not going to, we're not going to divulge much more than that until it's ready. We're not going to go any more than that. All right. Your wine glass is empty. My wine glass is empty. The wine bottle is empty. That means the wine pod is done, my friend. Until the next time, I bow to you, and we'll see you next time on the little wine pod action. All right. My thanks to Pella Windows and Doors. If you're thinking about a new window or a new front door, now is the perfect time. Give Pella a call at 402-493-1350 or check them out online at Pella Omaha. We will see you next time on the Nick Bob Podcast. A Parkville Media Production.